And so basically you just need to get enough of those to just take place in a very short amount of time. And then you'll exit learning mode and then uh, it'll continually get, uh, get better and better machine learning. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Today's episode, we have Brenton Thomas, founder at Quibi, which is a digital marketing agency helping with paid social and search, SEO, and email marketing. We actually get a little bit more in depth and talk about the technicality of, of what's working right now and what's not working uh, within the realm of those, uh, those, those services. And we also talk a little bit about AI towards the end. Uh, we talk about what's working also um, and some just some, some tips on how to make AI work better for you. Check this episode out. All right, Brent, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you own a marketing agency and we'll we'll dive into what's different about you guys because I mean uh, we we own an agency as well. People are probably wondering, okay, what's what's different about everybody? And there's there's so much that we could jump jump into that. So um, what what is your agency specialized in? Tell us a little bit about that, and then let's let's go into um, some areas of expertise that you have and really give some value to people. Okay, yeah, yeah, sounds good. So we're a digital marketing agency uh, based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, we're, we're kind of a smaller team, so we're uh, super scrappy, you know, hands-on. And uh, the channels we we tend to uh, like be our bread and butter is Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, LinkedIn ads, Twitter ads, all the all the paid ads, and then uh, SEO and uh, email marketing. Cool. All right, so let's go in reverse there, or kind of, I guess, in reverse. SEO, that's something that, yeah, we don't talk about too much. I think we've only had, you know, a handful of podcasts where people have actually come on and helped us and talked about SEO. So uh, most of the people who are listening are e-commerce brands. Can you give us, so if I'm a new brand or even an established brand, what are what am I doing with SEO? Is it still relevant today to, to do SEO with product descriptions or how would you go about doing SEO for an e-commerce brand? Yeah, so um, so I, I kind of like to think of SEO in, in three parts. Um, so the first part is um, uh, your technical SEO, right? So uh, make sure your response code errors, uh, and we can we can talk and we can break this down into like super granular, but at a super high level. So usually I start with uh, response code errors, again, all the technical side of uh, accessibility, mobile friendliness, indexability, um, a number of other factors, but you would usually identify the areas of opportunity through an SEO audit, right? So that audit would basically break down all the technical uh, pieces because you basically want to make sure that your website is structured in a way so that when you do layer on your SEO, uh, Google, the Google bot will essentially find all the things it's, uh, things it's looking for and then your website will be ready to rank. So I always start with technical SEO first. You resolve those errors. Sometimes you can't resolve all of them, but that's usually like the first month is just going through resolving all the technical issues. And then from there, it kind of gets split 50-50 between content and backlinks. So if you can just build those two up at the same rate, um, then there's no reason why you wouldn't rank for whatever you want and have a high domain authority. Is there any type of strategies that you have for the content or for the the backlinks? Is there a certain approach that you would take to get like 
I guess let's define a backlink, I guess, because that may be a little jargony for people. They may or may not know what that means, but what is a backlink? And then how would you go about getting that? And then what type of content would somebody create for SEO basically? Yeah, really good question. So, uh, so the definition of a backlink is, uh, your, uh, domain has been featured on a third party website. And then that link will link back to your own website. And then, uh, Google will associate the two websites because Google crawls the internet through, through website, uh, through links on different websites, essentially. So essentially through you being featured on another website, Google will crawl the other third-party website and it will find the link that takes them to your website and now it'll um, associate the two websites. So, um, so that's the definition of a backlink. And so for generating backlinks, what I do is um, I use Help a Reporter, essentially. And so uh, me and my team, we just, we get into our cadence and we'll um, uh, essentially... Well, let me, let me take a step back. Help reporters, basically, where uh, reporters will post questions to a, a large group of experts. And then you'll you'll essentially submit your contribution. And if your contribution is selected, the reporter will then take the contribution, put it into uh, whatever piece they're writing about or on whatever website, and then you get your backlink through that. And so you don't have to, like, individually pay for these at all. It's all free. Um, so it's an in- inexpensive way to generate backlinks at scale. That's interesting. I think uh, I've gotten this question a lot where a lot of people think that backlink is just like, I mean, it's kind of like what you said, right? Getting your, your website link into into other websites. Um, but I think what you're saying is also trying to be more strategic about where. So it's not just like some kind of random website about kangaroos and I'm over here selling liquor. Like that just doesn't mesh well together, right? So um, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's best to have like contextually, it makes sense, right? Like your contribution, like let's say you sell soda pop, right? And in your contribution, you just you like you broke down the composition of soda pop and like when's the best time to drink it, and you really like demonstrate your expertise in the field of soda pop. Uh and then there's a link there right below it. Contextually, there, there's just like a lot mm-hmm. of value there. Yeah. So, okay, I think that gives us an overview for SEO, and I want to I want to jump into the exciting stuff here in a second. I think they're all exciting, but the email marketing. What's what are you guys doing right now? I'm I don't want to jump bunch them together, but maybe you are doing it. Like the email and SMS, I kind of bunch the two of them together. But email marketing, what's working for you guys right now? What's the uh, you know what's what kind of strategies are you implementing and advising for people on their email marketing? Yeah, so uh, so we're talking about e-commerce. Um, so there's definitely like I don't know, there's probably like three customer funnels that I, I'm pretty focused on for like new customers. So of course your welcome journey. So maybe two to three emails for that, um, and then uh, cart abandonment, of course, you know, pretty standard stuff. So about three emails for that. You might do an immediate email. We'll wait an hour to make sure that the person's not going to go through and uh, check out their items. So you can wait one hour. Uh, for your first email, you can do your second email uh, maybe like three days later, and they can do your last, the third email, four days later. So it's a week-long cadence for uh, checkout abandonment. And sometimes I'll do uh, browse abandonment, and so that's uh, you viewed some of the products and you didn't you didn't make it any further, you didn't check anything out. So that's an, that's another segment that I'll do, and usually I'll do about three emails for that as well. 
What's kind of the frequency you're sending emails right now? Like, is there a certain list size that you're looking for? Is it just in general, you tell people to send X amount of emails per week? Like, is uh, I guess I'm talking more like on the campaign side of things. Mm. Yeah, well, like once a week, I would say. And uh, don't do too much um, like like trying to like sell, you know, just just provide value and, and don't try to like say, hey, like we're giving like discounts and all that, like occasionally do discounts, but um, just just provide like really good insight into like who the business is, like what your mor- morals are and values and um, and and how your product can just help benefit their life. Moving to, I think the the topic I want to spend the most amount of time on, or like I guess the the part that drives the traffic here is the paid advertising. If where do you guys so you guys focus on Google and with Facebook? Do you tell everybody to start with Google and Facebook at the same time? Is there like a path, or is it like customized for each person? Or how do people? Uh, how would you suggest people to get started with paid advertising? Yeah. So. Um... So it depends on what you sell. So if you sell a service, um, I'll always start with Google. If you sell a product, I'll I'll pretty much always start with Facebook. And so like on the product side with Facebook, uh, I'm getting like really good results for uh, like, um, so I have a client that sells, um, they're called Cofalero Classico. So they're essentially like a spirits brand. And so um, inside of Facebook, and this is like pretty specific, but essentially... I just target the entire United States, right? And so, uh, and I'll optimize for purchases. So it's like top of funnel, right? So you no know, prior uh, understanding of the brand um, and then optimizing for those conversions, which is purchase, purchase conversions uh, and optimize for the entire United States. Um, give it, uh, you know, a good amount of creative options inside of the, um, inside of the uh, ad set. So like multiple images under a single ad set and then let that run and make sure it gets out of learning mode and we're getting like a 400% return on ad spend. And so I'm oversimplifying it, but um, that's what I'm seeing like work really well inside of uh, Facebook. I'm doing it for other clients as well. We're just getting like an amazing return off of people who have no prior uh, brand awareness. And they're, and they're going all the way through the funnel making purchases. What kind of creative are you guys using or like what kind of ads are you guys creating for these, uh, for the paid? For the paid ads on Facebook, yeah. So they're, they're mostly image ads, um, and I, I know video is supposed to be like you know, that's you're supposed to get like the best, right? The best like, ever, response. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for my clients, um, you know, most of them don't have like a, a videographer, just like who has the time, and then it's just is like already on the team already. It's just very labor intensive. So um, we kind of take what we can get, and so we we take uh, essentially these images. And most images tend to be like bottle shot and maybe a couple of lifestyle images. And and then usually I'll, I'll try to have like very different variations of images. So maybe like one's lifestyle, one's bottle shot. Uh, maybe one is like, like UGC, you know, user generated kind of content and let those three very different kind of controls uh, fight for that single budget. And I don't care which one does the best. I just want to just get as many purchases as possible using the machine learning, optimizing for those purchases. There might have been a lot. No, it, it's, I think it's good. For those types of campaigns, how long are you guys running them? And then is there an offer on there? Yeah, so no offer. Uh, I'm, I'm like big on like building the brand and not like training people 
the wait for discounts. So I, I actually try to like stay clear of that unless it's like, you know, the holidays, um, you know, like definitely like if you're gonna try to run ads during, um, like black Friday, cyber Monday, you kind of have to run, uh, like a, some type of discount. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what's the other part of your question? Uh, I was just wondering, yeah, the, uh, like how long you guys are running them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so they tend to be like evergreen. And so, um, if I can get my client out of learning mode, then it, they tend to just continually like run and I'm making like optimizations, um, switching out creative, um, testing different types of optimizations. Uh, but if it's not working, then usually I'll um, like pause it after two weeks and then I'll, I'll test something new to get a better result. Is, uh, I guess you talked a little bit about that learning stage. What, what is that? And then how does somebody not like stay in that phase or that part of the, the marketing that you're talking about? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like learning mode. So, um, basically the machine learning inside of Facebook, it needs a certain number of, uh, uh, completed actions. So whatever you want to optimize for, it needs like, I think it's like 50 conversions in a week. Right. And those 50, if it can get 50 in the specified amount of time, then it has statistical significance to say, now I understand who I need to show ads to in the future to get more of the desired action. And so basically you just need to get enough of those to just take place in a very short amount of time. And then you'll exit learning mode and then uh, it'll continually get uh, get better and better with machine learning. Have you had any success? um, Because I mean, you talked about LinkedIn, Twitter ads and and other socials. Um, Have you got that any success with those other platforms? Um, I mean, a lot of people do talk about Google and Facebook, um, but, and I guess if, for example, something like, uh, Cocalero, um, would you move into some different platforms? And I guess at, at what stage, you know, would you want to explore, uh, some, some different platforms? Yeah. So, uh, so that kind of depends. Like, um, so I have another client, um, they're called the events calendar. They're like, a uh, like a SaaS product and WordPress, WordPress okay. plugin essentially. And so, uh, if I've tried, like if I pulled like a number of different levers inside of Google ads or Facebook, and I'm just not getting the desired result, um, then I'll start to take some of that budget and then test out like Quora, the Twitter ads, LinkedIn ads to see if I can get a, a better, um, cost per whatever I'm trying to achieve, which usually like purchases is what most, mm-hmm. most clients want. Um, and at the same time. Sometimes I'll use uh, Twitter. I'll just introduce Twitter if you have enough budget and only use it as a remarketing channel uh, just to make sure I, I can follow you in all places, right? So like Google brought you in or Facebook, it brought you in. I got the cookie onto your computer, you left. But now when you go on Twitter, I had Twitter also drop a cookie onto you. And then when you go into Twitter now, I, I can follow you inside of Twitter as well and have a omni-channel approach. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. What are you using? So I guess to more towards the omni-channel approach, uh, are you guys using anything that's like third party to track where the attribution or where the sales are actually happening at? Uh, it's not third party. Um, 
I'm like, so I use like Google Tag Manager. Oh, okay. Um, for the most part, it's like how I'm tracking everything. Um, and then, yeah, just tagging in different events on the website. But I know there's some pretty good third party software out there. I, I've used some of it. I think one was called uh, like North Bean or something like that. I used yeah. it briefly. Um, but usually I just use Tag Manager. Okay. Is that pretty simple for the the business owner to set up on their own or is it uh, is a little bit like should they go through third party in your opinion or should they or is Tag Manager one that you know can be na- navigated pretty easily? Yeah, so uh, all your decisions are like based on your conversion tracking, right? So if you, if you don't do it right, uh, then you're yeah. kind of like spending money while in the dark. So it's all those things like you want to get it like perfect. Like you don't want to, you don't want to spend 10,000 and you go, wait, actually uh, we weren't tracking correctly. That's, that's like the biggest uh, inconvenience in yeah. the digital marketing space. Definitely not. Okay. So got to set, got to set that up correctly. Uh, what do you what are you seeing right now that is working across anything? Uh, because I think most things for digital marketing is literally figuring out okay, so what's working now, and then I don't know if it's anything new or you know I guess a lot of people are talking about AI. I don't want to uh, you know lead the witness here, but what what are you guys um, what are you guys doing or seeing right now that's that's new and it's actually working for brands. Yeah, so uh, two things come to mind. So the first one is uh, Performance Max uh, okay. inside of inside of Google Ads. So that's the newest uh, campaign type. And it's been out for a little bit, but it's relatively new. And so essentially, that's uh, it's like display, uh, search, uh, YouTube, Gmail. It's just like all the Google properties in a single campaign. Okay. You upload all your assets, and then you're basically telling Google, "I don't, I don't care where the conversions come from. Just show it across shopping, like just show it across any of your properties, and whatever gets me the desired outcome is is where you'll spend the money." Um, so that that's actually working really well. Interesting, right? Uh, what I read on that too is like the at least you know this was probably a year ago or something. Maybe that's when they first started or something like that. Was that the only downside for Performance Max was that that you couldn't necessarily scale it up too much. I'm sure that's changed, but have you guys seen that that's changed now? You can actually spend more budget to it and it's gotten better. Uh, so I, I use it as like, a, like kind of as like extra icing on the cake. So okay. it's got my, I'm using like usually search is what I'm using because I'm trying to drive leads for the most part, uh, high quality leads. And so it gives me like uh, added scale, but I, I don't scale it up super high. Um, and I, I think I would agree that you do have uh, kind of a diminishing return with Performance Max at some point. I think you can cert- I think you could scale up search ads more than Performance Max, but that's kind of like my rough opinion on it. Got it. I guess from, from there, it, I, I want to go down towards the AI question anyway. Like, are you guys um, a using it, and then in what and B, what kind of capacity are you if you are using anything AI wise or any types of software you can glean some insight into? Yeah, so um, so ChatGPT, uh, and so I, I just recently got uh, uh, ChatGPT four. Have you guys used that? A little bit, a little bit. Um, but we, I don't think anyone in the company, maybe Franklin has it where he's paying, but uh, I think not consistently where we like use it. Um, but we did do a little bit of it when it first came up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I, I started using it and, um, 
And so like, like writing some emails or whatever, and usually I have to like go in and uh, like really like bring in the tone, right? And then maybe like have to like restructure a lot of it. And so with ChatGPT4, I, I definitely tell like it's yeah. a lot better. It's definitely worth like paying the 20 bucks a month. Um, and then sometimes like you only use, uh, I think it's like 25 prompts every three hours for ChatGPT4 and then it, it pushes you to ChatGPT3. And and then so I'm like in the middle of like using different prompts. I I'll usually uh use my twenty five prompts in an, in an, uh a three hour period and then it drops me down to chat TPC three and I'm like, what is this? This is not, <laughs> this is not good. So it's worth it. It's a lot better. Well yeah, I was gonna say I uh I have not played too much with the with the four I think I've just more so shadowed and so I guess I'm just used to the dumber version but I need to incorporate a little bit more of it anyway it's like oh yeah I forgot this software is here it can help my life make my life easier so um, I feel like the newness is worn off just a little bit but at the same time it's still I mean people are building a lot of crazy stuff like every other day with with the AI yeah and we're, we're using it for blog posts on our own website and so obviously like the prompts that you ask it is like uh, the most important piece of it all, yeah. right? And so one thing I've been doing with my prompts is um, setting the tone for who ChatGPT is. So I'll, I'll, what I'll say is you're, uh, so prompt number one is you're one of the greatest digital marketers in the United States. Please, uh, please confirm you understand. And so it says, yes, I understand. And I say, okay, now I'm going to describe your, your writing style. And I want you to write with uh, sentences under 20 uh, words per sentence. I want you to um, use a lot of transition words, which is this is all good for SEO, right? Uh, I want you to write in an SEO optimized way. And I, I can't just say I want you to write in an SEO optimized way. I, what I want is uh, I have to like break it down for it and give it the, the factors that uh, comprise of good SEO writing. Yeah. And then I'll say, I just want you now to just understand, uh, come to you understand. And it says, yes, I understand. And then I say, okay, now I want you to write the outline for a blog post. So it writes the outline. And then uh, and then from there, we just start just breaking down the outline, starting to write out different pieces and then com- connect them back up to a blog post. Um, you had a blog post about, I think, AI, ChatGPT. Was that written by ChatGPT as well? No, that, actually, that one was written by okay. one of my writers. <laughs> But like the last two, the, that's going to be like super, very meta, like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, I think that's good. It's like one of those things where um, I think we're, we're definitely going to see job listings. And I think we already are um, about prompt engineers, right? If you will. Um, do you, so I guess when it comes to the, the blog post writing um, and even almost like a content strategist, like do you think there's still a, a space for those roles, right? I mean, even within your company, like you just said you had a content writer. Um, do you think that will be essentially phased off, you know, once we are on GPT-6 or something? Like, um, what are what are your thoughts on that? Uh, not for a while. I, I think it's going to take at least uh, five years or so because there, there's just things that it, it just doesn't quite understand. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and you can you can try to tell it, like I need you to do, and usually my prompts are like, I need you to do these like eight things. And then I'll, um, I'll use Yoast, uh, which is a plugin instead yeah. of WordPress to kind of like, um, double check it. It's optimized correctly. And it, it just doesn't, it didn't optimize a couple yeah. things. And it's like, I, now I need you, I want you to rewrite it 
and but do this thing that you miss. And sometimes it, it just doesn't quite understand. It's just not quite smart enough, which a human obviously can do it. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time before it can replace a, a human writer. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I was going to say, the more that I get into the details of it, it's a very, very good starting point. It's a polishing point, but there are some fundamentals of like tonality that aren't there yet, but I'm sure that it will figure it out short, you know, soon, right? It's definitely, you know, within five, 10 year period, like what you're saying, Brenton, but yeah, it's, it's still missing kind of that human element. Even if you tell them like model this after this person's voice, it's still not, I think, was it MKBHD or maybe it was, uh, no, it was, um, famous blogger, YouTuber, uh, Casey Neistat. He had you. He had ChatGPT give him a script for it to go out and actually record a video, uh, and then he recorded the video exactly how it said, like, "Do this drone shot, do this type of B-roll, do this type of whatever." And so he did it exactly. And the video was, it was, eh, it had no emotion. So to his point, there was no emotion in it. So I think, you know, for the blog posts and for things like that, where it's like very tutorial based, like I think it will like take over immediately but emo- in things that require like human emotion it may take a lot longer to do uh, i don't think it's you know forever not going to be but it it's harder to do but i like your idea and your strategy for the blog post and do you guys do that do you try to use those prompts and stuff for your clients or do you guys write blog posts and stuff for clients using that now too no i i don't um i what i want at this point is uh so i have my my human writer uh i think he's awesome um, he's, you know, he just, he works his ass off and last thing I want to do is be like, Hey, you're, you're being replaced, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want him to keep writing his human writings. And then I, I'm going to do, I'm doing some of the prompts on the side. I'm doing some blog posting. And, uh, at the end of this year, we'll, we'll come back and assess and say, you know, does human writing or does AI writing, uh, you know, get higher rankings inside of the search. So, um, no one's being replaced at this point. Um, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to keep the human uh, aspect because it, it does lack um, some emotion. And I've noticed that um, the AI also will uh, repeat itself a lot. Yeah. And I, I have to go back and like, just to, like delete a lot of things because you just said the same phrase like five different times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely still needs some work, but it's, uh, it's come a long way. It, so I guess jumping back into the marketing, just kind of like the final question at this point, where do you see... Um, you know, I guess the future of your type of marketing, like, is there anything that you're seeing that's going to, uh, be changed or you're already seeing things have changed, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's remove the AI from this conversation since we kind of went down that rabbit hole, but is there anything that you're seeing just kind of on the forefront right now, strategy wise that, um, you're going to dive deeper into that you're testing now or, you know, start implementing a little bit later, just trying to get some insight into that or the future, basically. Uh, let's see. So I've had a performance max. Um, uh, let's see for Facebook ads. I'm trying to think of this, like something really specific. We're trying to get deeper into, um, and when we're trying to avoid AI, which I, I you know, I think, like, I used to go back to AI, but I, I think in the future, like, you go down, like, deeper into the future, it's more of, like, like, my job would be more of, like, inputting the right 
external factors to then influence the machine learning inside of Google Ads, which that's that's not like, to some degree that exists right now in terms yeah. of like what you optimize for. But I think they'll just get deeper into that. And I think that's probably the, the future of what I did. Yeah. I'm curious how uh, how the advertising, I'm sure you've seen it too. It's like, so have you guys uh, ran too much with the advantage? There's so many advantage things that are going on, but like Facebook's advantage plus it's basically eliminating any type of customization within your ads. It's like basically like, give us the money, we'll run the ads. I mean, there's it's that's you know that's not obviously everything, but have you guys played around too much with Advantage Plus yet? I haven't. Yeah, it's hard to let up the control. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I I spent the last eight years uh, trying to get good at what I do, and then yeah. uh, and then my impression is uh, obviously Google wants to take all control or even Facebook, all the machine learning platforms, they want you to trust in the machine. And so right now I'm kind of like on a, like a mix, right? Like I, I still want to be hands-on, but then I, I do let the machine kind of optimize for something really broad, which is a lot of trust in the machine. Yeah. Um, and usually if one or the other doesn't work, then like, let's say my hands on the control didn't work, then I'll switch over to the machine to see if it can do better than me or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. So, I guess the question from this point is that there's been a lot of discovery, I think, on this call. I think you've given a lot of great strategies. How does somebody find out more about you, schedule a strategy call with you, have them break down like the specifics of their business? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so you can visit our, our website. So it's uh, it's called twibbyagency.com. Uh, so T-W-I-B-I agency.com. Uh, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. And then... Um, in the show notes, I have a uh, like um, a special offer, you know, free discovery call. Just you can connect with me. We can discuss about anything we we talked about in this episode in more detail, and um, and I'll share that uh, link with you guys to add to the show notes. Perfect. The only question I have, last question from this is uh, business name. How what does Twibby mean, or how did you come up with that? Just curious. Yeah. So um, so my name is uh, Brenton Warren Thomas. Mm-hmm. And so that's BWT. Uh, and then uh, you put some eyes in there and rearrange the BWT and you get Twibby. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. AI and, came and, up with that for you. That's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like from an SEO uh, perspective, it's like you don't want to have to compete for your own brand term. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to like fight or digital marketing, uh, digital marketing agency XYZ, because there's 10 other agencies with the same name. Yeah. So I wanted something so unique that I, I own my brand term after six months of the new website. Yeah. Awesome. Very yes. cool. Yes. Appreciate it, Brenton. Uh, thank you so much. We will, uh, Willie will, uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.